Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people on the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly. Take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and in today's show we ask, is Christmas dead, and where have all the Santas gone? Where are they? Well, and has the 45th POTUS, the great orange one, the Donald, the Trumpster, just failed fourth grade English? Did he ever really pass in the first place? <laughs> we'll be taking a look at the freedom movement, getting more and more militant and extreme by the day, with, as per usual, a complete silence on the ever-growing Nazi presence in their ranks. It is getting ridiculous at this point, but their heads remain firmly in the sand. And we'll have all your favourite segments, including a huge week in Pete Evans, arguably huger than last week's huge week, which we honestly thought could not get any huger without defying the laws of physics. I think it may have broken a few of them, to be honest. And before we get on, we must give the usual hat tip and nod to our new patrons. Yes. It's been a bit of a quiet week, but we lovingly embrace Jerry, Sean, and the one and only Tom Tanneke. Oh, g'day, Tom. G'day, Jerry. Thank you. I was pretty bloody stoked about that. So, big nod to the patron of the arts there and good friend of the show, Tom, who, just as a side note, also has a Patreon. Just yes, for those can, who haven't missed their get cash. You can get hold of Tom's Patreon. You'll know how to do that. And that's enough of that. They say money is the root of all evil, and we all like rooting, but there's no time because the show must go on. Yes, we strung this one together from a few empty beer cans and three metres of sticky tape. But it will do. And without further ado, because it feels like there was quite a bit of it, bit here's of- the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. Kicking off our news this week, a woman upset by Victoria's vaccine mandates was saved by emergency services after a self-harm incident in Werribee in Melbourne's west. According to reports in the Herald Sun, witnesses to the bizarre scene on Cherry Street on Monday said the woman stopped her car in the middle of the road and displayed a sign which appeared to read, no one cares, mandates are killing us. Mm -hmm. She reportedly told police she had lost everything and had nothing left because of the vaccine mandates in place in Victoria. She lit a fire and was taken to hospital by paramedics. A video on a local Wyndham Facebook site showed the aftermath with fire crews, police and and paramedics all in a Attendance. A Victoria police spokeswoman confirmed they were called to the incident near a Woolworths supermarket just before 2pm Monday following reports of a, a woman attempting self-harm. And she was subsequently taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, the spokeswoman from VicPol said. And that's uh, a full quote from the Herald Sun article. Yet no other details have been provided by Victoria Police or Ambulance Victoria. There were unconfirmed stories the woman had been declined entry to a nearby hardware outlet. Now, after the incident, various eminent news agencies declared the woman had died by self-immolation or had been severely injured. Clearly not true. And a quick check across those news agencies, if we can call them that, shows their false stories remain up and uncorrected. Surprise, surprise. In a video on Telegram shot within hours of the incident and with details still unclear, Reignite Democracy Australia founder Monica Smith said, and I quote, I'm not advocating for people to set fire to themselves. Mm -hmm. This anger is coming from what she felt she needed to do. Mm -hmm. She felt like this is the only way to get attention to what is going on. Mm -hmm. From what it looks like to me, she said, she was willing to give up her life. That in itself is something Something heroic. I'm not saying what she did is heroic. Make up your fuck. I didn't break right. that quote up, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That in that's... itself is something heroic. <laughs> I'm not saying what she did is heroic. It was heroic, but somehow not heroic. These fucking people. She went on to say, but this is just a sign of how desperate we are. Mm-hmm. Now, the video came three weeks after RDA posted a meme asking its followers. I think it's actually four weeks after yeah. RDA posted a meme asking its followers to decide what their breaking point is and what they are prepared to die for. Which was immediately followed by the guy with the bow and arrow trying to get Dan Andrews to come out of Parliament House and shoot him. It seems, certainly in the context of these things, it seems like an (sighs) invocation. Now, look, my hope is this woman is getting the psychiatric assistance she needs. Yeah. No matter the details, it does show this woman had reached her breaking point. The question is, how did she get to that point? And by vaccine mandates, possibly, probably, yes, but also one strongly suspects because she had been subjected to a diet of misinformation, fear and anxiety from anti-vax groups who had made her fearful of COVID vaccines and then pushed her further if she was in fact subject to a vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly 
And this woman is entitled to her privacy and entitled to make a full recovery with the best of care. But one thing is for certain, anti-vax groups never take responsibility for their propaganda and worse, Mm -hmm. shamelessly appropriate people self-harming in advancement of their own causes. Imagine Monica Smith being stoked hearing this, going, yes, yes, this is great. Got the camera out within hours, within hours. And while, while, you know, important facts were missing. Now, generally speaking, the media largely ignored this story because it is a story of self-harm. And there is a view within mainstream media that these things don't need to be reported because they do really impose on the privacy of, of that of that particular person of the yep. people suffering self-harm so this yep. is why it took a number of days for or took a day for a report to be made within the Herald Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately asking people in a hyper-anxious state in the middle of a pandemic what their breaking point is and what they are prepared to die for is a reckless and irresponsible act. Yeah. And unlike some of these hole-in-the-wall news agencies who ignore media reporting standards on self-harm and suicide generally, we ask anyone who is having issues with mental health, depression or suicide ideation to contact accredited agencies like Lifeline on 131114, that's 14 lifeline uh, or beyond blue on 1300 224 Absolutely. It doesn't have to be because vaccine mandates are killing you. It's just been a really rough, weird year. And two know. years. Yeah, almost two years. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, people are on edge and it really doesn't help if you've got shills in the background screaming out, what are you prepared to die for? Totally. And just watching that is depressing in itself. I mean, I'm immune to it because I find this stuff hilarious, but that's just because I'm a disaffected millennial. Not everyone has that. Anyway, here's something slightly funnier. At the Condition Release Program, we have always said that due to our COVID policies in Australia with the hard borders and that zero COVID approach, while the vaccines were slowly rolled out, strolled out, as they like to say, we were always tracking around three to six months behind the other majors when it comes to the impact of the pandemic, both sort of socially, economically, and politically. So we see the highly vaccinated UK movement getting smaller, but more militant, getting weirder. And that's what we have to look forward to. That's totally happening here. You can see it. One thing we may very well have dodged is this, the effect of long COVID on our population. Yes, often ignored. The UK has reported a fairly large swathe of their citizens copying the long-haul post-COVID effect, but this has been stemmed with the high vaccination rates. But unfortunately, the UK didn't have the zero COVID that we had. We didn't coast through the start of this. And they've had no. heaps of people get COVID when there was no vaccine or when things were, you know, really in the in the start of the game, when treatments weren't understood. And let's face it, Johnson fucked this whole thing up. So as things begin to settle and their vax rates continue to impress around the world, some of the early COVID sufferers are still wheezing through life and figuring out what the fuck to do next. Yeah, look, I just want to say, Joel, that the the UK vaccination rates aren't that great. They really yeah, okay. are And certainly in England. I mean, I think Wales is better. I think Scotland's better. But uh, they're, they're nowhere near where we are, for Ooh, example. spicy. Yeah. I always thought they were up in the sort of early 90s. No, 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 not at all. No, no, they, they, they reached England. the peak and then they couldn't go any further. And, that, and that's why Johnson uh, mentioned in his Plan B released late, late last week that they were going to have a national conversation about compulsory vaccinations. Ooh, that's going to get the cookers real spicy. That's going to be a good conversation. Anyway. Yeah, I can't imagine what their uh, protest cries will be now. So in the USA, where freedom reigns, things aren't that great. Because, you know, if the freedom movement had their way, this would be us. Our idiot anti-vaxxers look at people like Florida governor and good friend of the coronavirus, Ron DeSantis, with great admiration. It is actually bizarre. They spend mm. their days mumbling, let's go, Brandon, while browsing crossbows on the internet and yearning <laughs> for the plague to give us all natural immunity. Because as they say... Give me natural immunity or give me death because that is actually their options. It's A or B. That's the one. That's what we're off. That's what we're being offered here. Shit sandwich. So in the USA, we have some pressing issues. They call them the long haulers and they are varying degrees of permanently fucked. They can't work. They need help getting by. It's a total mess. And they're not exactly famous for their comprehensive social net. So you've got between 10 and 30% reported of COVID patients developing long-term symptoms. That's a shitload of people. So estimates on the low end show that 3.4 million people are long haulers in the USA. That is a 
fuckload of people who are just struggling to get by. So, you know, social security, of course, is a communist agenda and it gets the right wing very riled up. Yeah. Until they need it, of course. And they quietly apply for their free money and hope it keeps coming despite repeatedly voting and campaigning against it. You know, you can't measure this kind of genius. But with the pandemic of the unvaccinated leaving actual millions of people out of breath and needing extensive healthcare and treatment in a system like the US where your health insurance is tied to your employment, if you can't get work and you're sick, you're fucked. You're in so a lot of trouble, yeah. There's going to be a lot of people desperately clinging to their jobs, unable to breathe, going to bizarre lengths to hold on to their job because, you know, they're sick. I mean, mm. meth might help, you know, so you can keep on going stacking shelves at Amazon. <laughs> and you don't get to go to the doctor unless you have a fucking job. It's yeah. put a pressure on the disability system where the Social Security Administration is needing to respond, and quickly, which is not their forte, to basically a complete overhaul of the system. And the usual way to determine disability is just going to be changed forever with what may end up being, what, like an extra 30 30% tacked on to the payments of administration of disability support in the USA, that's just going to make Tucker Carlson's dick fall off. So this is going to hit them where it hurts. I mean, China must be giggling right now. The idea of the world's superpower spending all their resources trying to care for their sick while they just pump out more and more high-tech manufacturing and just leave America in the dust. I mean, well, all because I, I, they just couldn't take the fucking vaccine because it became political. Look, all I'd say, Joel, is that there's going to be a lot of people with long COVID in China as well. I mean, Yeah, that's, but that's at it. least and they how, get the vax. And how... And how they'll and how they'll do and how they'll handle that is a well, pretty they, rough old social security system. In they itself. may wind up being shot in a ditch. Let's face mm. it. But let's let's not say that because they yeah uh, they might shoot me in a ditch. Anyway, see that Monica, you can't say that in China. You can say it here. Take notes. So let's face it. These people are lucky because you know they lived. COVID can and will kill you. And these guys did make it through the other side. So you know who didn't survive the pandemic? Santa Claus. Oh no! It's that's that's it. Santa is dead, kids. I'm sorry to say, but. Santa Santa is dead. I mean, I wish I was kidding. Honestly, there is a fucking Santa shortage, which Uh-oh. is the most callous way to say that all the cheery old people prepared to humor kids for a few bucks an hour at Christmas are either dead or terrified of dying from the plague. Mm. So Mitch Allen, the Fort Worth-based founder and head elf at HireSanta.com. <laughs> I mean, I've copy and pasted that from a fucking news article. That's actually what they said, which recruits thousands of Christmas entertainers across the nation, told Yahoo Life, we lost a tremendous number of Santas over the past oh, 18 no. months. Brutal. Of the 8,000 Santas they have in their database, a database of Santas just really tickled me. 335 died in 2021. I can't believe I'm saying this so upbeat. I'm talking about dying old people. And of course, COVID being the main driver of Santa-related deaths. Well, it kind of makes sense as Santas at all is because because you've got Santas are fat and jolly, so mm-hmm. obese. Oh, yeah, uh, we're going to get and, to that. And we've, found out, and we've found out really just recently that the virus tends to uh, feed off fatty tissue so it loves a fat guy that's not jolly that's just that's jolly bad so Mm. those who haven't copped a spicy cough are reluctant to go near and quite understandably the petri dish of filthy unvaccinated children (laughs) telling them their capitalistic dreams of a ferrari to nuclear submarine for christmas i mean who gives a fuck but by default, as you said, Santa is fat and obesity is, yep. a, you know, it's a comorbidity of COVID. Yeah, so, wearing, the, wearing the pillow doesn't work. You need to be fat to be Santa. You need to be legit fat. Kids can see through your bullshit. I mean, you know, they, they are bullshit detectives if they're anything because they're so good at lying. God, I hate kids. Stephen Arnold, a Tennessee-based leader at the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas. The That's, real bearded Santas, the, They're yes. not fucking around. These are the ones, you know, that go to Sturgis rallies and get COVID there as well. They told the Associated Press he's lost 57 members due to deaths from COVID in the last year. And I quote, most of us are overweight, diabetic with heart conditions. Arnold, 71, a longtime Santa himself said, we are prime targets for a a disease like COVID. Oh, no. Ouch. Now, look, Santas Santas are not beyond redemption. Just they have actually quite a relatively high for US standards, at least vaccination rate of 82%. Do you know where they pull that Sanders. number? Go but Sanders. That's not too bad. But the thing is, is people just aren't ready to pull on the suit and ho, ho, ho through the cough, cough, cough. Oh, it's just not yeah. ha- ha- happening. So the war on Christmas has just entered a new phase. We're going to see Tucker Carlson absolutely oh, frothing about this. He will blow up. We need Bill O'Reilly back. He's the original guardian of the season. I don't know how Christmas has survived without him. Yeah. He is. He just needs to come back, do, his, do just a one, one-time show just yelling about Christmas, about how the <laughs> pandemic, which is, you know, some sort of like, let's face it, like, you know, 
know, lefty Jewish conspiracy is only there to kill Christmas. But what's the solution? Like, get on the horse pace and put on the suit? We have spoiled kids to pander to. We can't yes, let this happen. A post-pandemic Santaless world is a hard one picture, but it's one we must get used to. Because as Santa suggested, this is something I also pulled from the article, even if you're not a great-looking Santa, children, particularly young children, won't notice. So, look, I mean, I'm just saying, maybe we can get old craggy-faced Pete to do it. <laughs> but... I mean, is that a good idea? I mean, he probably is a little bit of a risk case for COVID. But he he did just release a Christmas book. I I think he'd love to plug it. So, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, Pete. Pop the beard on. He's got a lot of spare time. He'll look less craggy with the beard on. He will. He will. We fixed it. We fixed him. And meanwhile, and also elsewhere in the United States, in a case of we already knew that, (laughs) Donald Trump has inadvertently called himself corrupt and stupid. Bless. That's not for you to say, Donny. That's for others to exclaim, and quite a few already have. Oh, yeah, he's late to the party. But the 45th POTUS still managed to indict himself for corrupt stupidity or stupid corruption. Either way works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the self-proclaimed very stable genius would, in any circumstances, have failed grade four English grammar by deploying a double negative, apparently unaware that two negatives make a positive. That's right. In a statement, like a written statement. He didn't say this. <laughs> he actually wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> issued on December 4, oh, the former president declared, anybody that doesn't think there wasn't massive election fraud in the 2020 presidential election is either very stupid or very corrupt. Oh, that was an easy one. Yeah, two, two negatives make a positive. So the POTUS still carrying horrendous grievance and paranoid delusions over the 2020 presidential election, effectively self-identified as both corrupt. And stupid. Very yep. corrupt and yep. very stupid. Yep. The statement also reveals the Trump state uses capital letters in breach of grammatical rules, apparently thinking the use of capitals is a form of emphasis. Which it isn't, Dunny! No. Fucking idiot. No. Across the world, primary school teachers reached for the red pen and bled ink all over the 21-word <laughs> single-sentence statement without so much as a comma. God, Jesus Christ. Donnie, mm-hmm. the finest oration ever delivered by a president, generally regarded as such anyway, Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address was a 272-word speech delivered in just 90 seconds at the battlefield of Gettysburg. It proves brevity is the mark of truly great communication. A Trump's written statement shows that brevity and idiocy have their places too. <laughs> Donnie, you just failed grade four, son, and you'll be back to do it all again. The good news is you'll be bigger than the other ball and they won't bully you quite so much. (laughs) Has there ever been a bigger fuckwit in the White House? I don't think there ever hasn't been. I'll do anything for you. Just tell me what you want me to do. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you today by Santas. But not just any Santas. Not the morbidly obese, diabetic, sexual perverts exhorting little kitties to sit on their knees, offering them presents or bribes, as I prefer to call them, for ghastly favours. No. (laughs) The Conditional Release Program is proudly brought to you today by the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas, a card-carrying union of Santas linked to the Teamsters Union who demand and receive full award rates for Santa performances, plus a little cash in hand on the side, so it's worth their while. Otherwise, your local shopping mall could, and I'd say just could, catch fire. (laughs) Ooh, that was some spicy Teamster comedy. If you don't want Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, or Blitzen to suffer any leg fractures this Christmas or Rudolph <laughs> to end up shot in the eye during a trip to the barbershop, hire Santas only from the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas, local 327 in Bavaria, New York. As Frank Sinatra once sang, and let's face it, he'd know, broken legs can come true, it can happen to you. <laughs> Jesus. So if you don't want any trouble this Christmas, it has to be Santas from the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Sanders for all your Santa needs. Remember, the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Sanders, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. 
And with the dulcet tones of the great Thanos Panayides ringing in our ears, it means it's time for which black pill fuck we said that. Yes. Now, I hear on the grapevine that Thanos the Manos might be running as a candidate in next year's federal election for the Informed Medical Options Party. I'm up. Please be true. Please oh, be true. Please Just for the sake true. of comedy, please be true. And I want it known now to all our listeners that I'm prepared to commit extensive electoral fraud on Fannis' behalf. Fuck yes. Entering a polling booth in his electorate and voting not once or twice, but up to 12 times by wearing a series of elaborate disguises, each more elaborate than the last, and thus whipping Fannis' primary vote up to a more pleasing 13. I just want him in there so badly. It would just change everything. Just so good. And if you're successful in today's which black pill fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll take the rap for my felony election fraud <laughs> and face the full consequences of my actions. Don't worry, though. It's Australian electoral law, so you're looking at a $10 fine max. <laughs> still- Do it for me. Do it for Thanos. Do it safe in the knowledge that in the, in the unlikely event Thanos wins, he will both raise the IQs in Victoria when he leaves and in the House of Reps when he arrives. <laughs> are you ready? <coughs> are you ready, Joel? Yes, I'm I'm absolutely ready. I actually want Thanos to get in there because I think he's oh, the funniest. Just Imagine the if he became be Ricky Muir. thing of all time. Hey? Just Ricky Muir, but like anti-vax Ricky Muir would be fucking abstract. No, Ricky Muir's, Ricky Muir's kind of cool. Thanos I'm would a, just be sensational. I'm actually not ruling out the fact that Thanos could be a voice of reason in there because, you know, it could go the full Jackie Lambie. If it's not good for the workers, I'm not fucking doing it. Well, Jackie's had a, a big sort of metamorphosis into a reasonable person. She, she has. She, she goes a bit hard in her speeches, but but she actually makes some pretty decent points. Anyway. Pandering to the left. I love it. Are you ready, Joel? Yes, I am. Let's do this. Uh, now, we're going to thank listener Tom for this, and I think this is Tom's second contribution to which Black Bill Fuckwood said that, and so he seems to be something of a segment addict. Yeah. Here's his question. Who said this? If you go to Gibraltar, for example, the most vaccinated country in the world, not a country, anyway, <laughs> the most vaccinated country in the world with 118% vaccination, they have the highest amounts of COVID cases in the world at the moment per capita of persons. Who said that? Wow. That's, that's so much. Was it seller of rocks, Raf Fernandez? <laughs> Was it seller of rocks, Gina Reinhart? <laughs> Was it seller of rocks, Clive Palmer, or was it unable to sell anything because no one is using his classified site, Thanos Panayides? Yeah. All right, Tom. I don't care if you've got a stubby holder before. You're getting another one. That is fantastic. Yeah, very good work, Tom. Um, (laughs) It's also hard, which sucks. Usually, Jack gives me a gimme, but like this is this sucks. Um, Okay. Ah, what level of stupid is this? God, that's dumb. Um, Thanos. No. He's only hurting himself. It was, in fact, seller of rocks, Clive Palmer. No. And it's completely oh. false, by the way. It's completely <laughs> fake. I mean, the, the, the trick was the 118% vaccination rate, you know. Jesus. Oof, talk about your basic maths. I mean, he, he might have to stay back in class along with Donald Trump, you know. 118%? Come on, man. So there you go. Well done, Tom. Excellent work. Great, great stuff. I love the Cellar of Rocks thing. It just tickled me. I don't know why. It just got me. Now we go to question two. Uh, and uh, this question was provided by Avid Listener and also, which Black Bill Fuckwit said that junkie, David. Ah, it's good addiction. Here's, here's the quote. And, and these are his responses as well. Can I do home quarantine now as I'm double vaccinated or is it still the inhumane 14-day four-star hotel quarantine in a tiny little room as all residents returning home have had to do? Mm. Was that former South, South Africa Paralympic runner who doesn't like loud noises at night, Oscar Pistorius? Oh. Oh, don't make those loud noises. You know, mm. I like them. Yeah. Was it former test cricketer who can't go to India in case he has to answer various uncomfortable questions from the local police, Herschel Gibbs? Ooh, I don't know that story, but it sounds Oh, very spicy. yeah, a bit of, bit of money changed hands uh, with the bookies a uh, while back, long time ago, when Hansi Cronio still walked the earth. Oh. Or was it former Australian cricketing champion, the Sultan of Spin and now Redder quote commentator Shane Warne? Ugh. Or was it former England cricketer who hates getting kicked out of nightclubs, Monty Panesar? Yeah, I always had a soft spot for Maybe that's about to uh, fall off the planet. Look, um, Shane Warne is definitely a big enough piece of shit to say this. Just going to go, Shane, I'm going to go Warney. Yay! Well done, 
Adam Jarvis is such a flog. Work. Oh, yeah. I, can, I can see you walking, striding into the magistrate's court and pleading guilty on my behalf right Absolutely. Now. I think it's the right thing to do. If you, Election fraud is something that is a team sport. It's not just, you know, there's no I in election fraud. I'm just going to say yeah. that right now. Is there? Oh, yeah. shit, there is. Never mind. I'm still going down for it. Well, the answer to uh, Warney's question about uh, doing home quarantine is that now, yes, you can pop in, uh, pop in, pop back into some large palatial mansion in oh, Brighton uh, rather than do the 14-day horror show in a five-star hotel. My oh, God. Yeah. He could just go and cough on his housekeeper. Yeah, but now he could. I think when he first made that quote, he couldn't. All right. Well, that's outstanding work, Joel, uh, and you're well on the way to pleading guilty on my behalf. Uh, shall we get to question three? And uh, here it goes. If America becomes what Australia is right now with stormtroopers in the streets, with forced injections, with whatever these medical procedures are, then who knows how long before the people of the world know what freedom is again. I hate this person already. Was that Vladimir Putin's most useful idiot in the United States? Lover of all things Russo, especially lots of Russians in the Ukraine, where, quite frankly, he thinks they belong. <laughs> Chaco Carlson. They don't even have good food. Like, what do you want? Was it? US congressman, now sadly in a wheelchair, but when I look at him, all I can think of is very Aryan head sticking out of the turret of a panzer tank, gunning it towards Stalingrad. David Madison Cawthorn. Oh. Or was it Putin's man in DC, if we don't count Donald Trump, former member of the House, representing California, 48th district seen tiptoeing around outside the Capitol building on January 6th. Was he being naughty or nice? Dana Rohrabacher. Or was it the man who said a vaccine mandate in the US was unconstitutional despite it being cleared by the US Supreme Court all the way back in 1904? Also labelling the mandate grotesque. Something he knows well as a walking catalogue of grotesquery. Yep, that's right. Texas Senator Ted Cruz. He's such a piece of shit and he's had his little fuck and knows in our business to the point where Michael Gunner had to tell him to back the fuck up. So I'm going to go with Ted Cruz based on his past form, but uh, that was a hard one. Aww. Aww. That means I'm me. going to have to cop the rap here. So it was, in fact, David Madison Cawthorn, who's an absolute pilled idiot uh, from North Carolina. And, um, and uh, yes, uh, he was the one who <laughs> he's obviously got some work to do be- before he before he comes on board for the Australian tourist industry because he believes that we have stormtroopers in the streets, a la Star Wars, with, and pushing people to the ground and, and sticking needles into them what the with fuck whatever these writing? medical procedures are. Just ridiculous. Now we ask listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits, much like hopeless addicts of the show Dave and Tom have. Done. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. That's right. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter, some stickers or some shit. If you make our lives easier and send yes, us a please. quote we can use on the show or, mate, do the entire thing as these guys did. Seller of Rocks. Yeah. Very funny. Very good, very good, very fine work. And we remind listeners, the conditional release program Stubby Holder is the only Stubby Holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. In very promising news, the World Health Organization issued a statement late yesterday that anyone who carries the conditional release program Stubby Holder on their person at all times doesn't have to get vaccinated, even for polio, which is a real plus. Super win. And we're also getting reams and reams of data from Lesotho. But people who own the conditional release program Stubby Holder might be immune to the dreaded Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2. Early days, but Joel's knocking out a paper which will be peer-reviewed and published in Lancet before they remove it from their website and apologise for spreading misinformation 12 years later. Yeah, I'm going to get peer-reviewed by the remaining Santas. So... The conditional release program, Stubby Holder, is there anything it can't do? Objectively speaking, yes. So if you want one without having to pay wellness prices for it, just drop us a line. Mark to the attention of Jack at our email address, theconditionalreleaseprogram at gmail.com. Thank you, Tom and Dave. Well done.
And we're going to waive the stats today because we've got some important information from the UK in regard to the Omicron variant. And this was prepared for and placed up on Twitter, and you can see it in my feed, uh, from immunologist from the UK Health Security Agency, Dr. Megan Carl, uh, who interpreted two small data sets, and she's quick with the caveats about that. Um, There are the usual caveats, given the small data set, especially around vaccine effectiveness. She does issue lots of warnings there. The the sample data is too small to draw any hard conclusions, but it is as good as it gets on Omicron in these early days. First, the good news, there are no deaths from Omicron, not anywhere in the world, to my knowledge, and not in the UK. There are also no hospitalisations from the Omicron variant in the UK to date. Uh, Omicron has a large growth advantage over Delta, uh, Dr. Megan Carr said, at least part if not all, is due to its ability to evade our existing immunity acquired through either vaccination or previous infection. Left unchecked, this will result in exponential growth of infections, she says. Omicron variant cases are rising in the UK. They are in Australia too. Fewer are coming from infectious travellers from South Africa, etc., because of uh, border closures where we have them here too. So there's a great deal of unknown community infection. As of 8 December in the UK, it was 696 cases, but it is almost certainly more. And you'd expect that to be the case in New South Wales and Victoria too. Look, these two small data sets taken together paint a very consistent picture for Omicron, being immune evading. And this is reassuring uh, scientifically, she says, because it follows uh, the the sort of known behaviours of viral mutation. But it's also pretty depressing. So let's move on to transmissibility studies. The VE data has to be interpreted with caution caution due to low numbers. So continue to make these uh, caveats and some residual uncontrolled biases. It's too early to measure protection against severe disease, but with earlier variants, protection against hospitalisation and death has been largely preserved. And she hopes that all this holds true. But here's one thing that she says on that very limited data, with all those caveats, vaccine effectiveness for the uh, for, for AstraZeneca, two shots of AstraZeneca is almost zero. So basically, you're wide open with AstraZeneca. Two times Pfizer shots, around about 30% effectiveness. But with boosters, with the Pfizer booster, you go up to about 70 to 75%. On that very limited data, but that's a really telling thing. AstraZeneca, virtually no protection. Pfizer, double shots, about 30% effectiveness. Um, but it just means, it talks about the importance of getting a booster. The vaccine effectiveness drop-off is much greater than we saw with Delta and suggests a level of immune evasion that could result in a surge in breakthrough infections. Good news mm. is that boosters appear to mitigate much of that loss in terms of vaccine effectiveness, taking uh, vaccine effectiveness back to sort of pre-booster levels. So really yes. important. Reinfections. You know, likewise, with an immune evading virus, you expect to see an increase in reinfections, and we do. 7% of the Omicron cases that have been studied in, in, the, U- in the UK were reinfections versus a point or, or below 1% in Delta. So that tells you that Omicron is getting around uh, those who have already had COVID. In terms of household transmission, analysis of transmission in residential households, uh, which is just a very small sample, of course, 121 Omicron cases against 73,000 Deltas. 19% of Omicron cases resulted in household outbreaks versus 8.5% of Delta cases. So that means it's around about, in a household situation, it's about three times the transmissibility of Delta. Mm. Uh, and in growth estimates taken together, it is the data set taken together, again, it's no surprise that we're seeing exponential growth in Omicron cases. And you've really got that R rate, that infection rate, running about 3.7%. So that's three-day doubling time. Mm. So if you've got 100 cases, within three days you'll have 200, et cetera, et cetera. That's more than 100. That's upsetting. Yes, there are very few cases in high-risk groups, including the elderly. That's the good news, early days. 
So what can we do? And she says, get boosters in arms sooner rather than later. Now, in Australia, the federal government announced uh, just today, on the 12th of December, a shortened period for a booster going from six months to five. If you can tick a few boxes on age and pre-existing medical conditions, high risk, etc., cetera, uh, you can get a letter from your GP, which will allow you to get a boost as soon as possible. And if you are in that category, you should be doing that. Yeah, mate. So Christmas is upon us, and in Eastern Australia especially, we have La Nina, heavy rainfalls, and people spending more time inside around the dining table, etc., than they might otherwise in an Australian summer. So if you're in a high-risk category, as I am, go and see your GP and get the booster as soon as is practical. Just to sum up, it seems like we've got Omicron, Early days doesn't seem to be as potent as Delta, early days. But what we do have is a virus that's getting around vaccines and getting around uh, those with immunities from previous infections. So I've said in previous episodes that I've never met a COVID variant that I like, and I'm starting to think maybe Omicron's going to have um, a few charms to it, which I, I quite appreciate, some traits. On its Tinder profile, it'll say, bit of an asshole, but less deadly. <laughs> yeah, Good. That, that's that's what the early data is saying, yeah. And, and Well, I'll take that. I mean, a Tinder profile only really does have early data. Look, it could spread, It could if you know, it could do what the Daily Telegraph uh, front page uh, last Monday said and spread through the world like, wildfire and and basically create that sort of global herd immunity um, yeah, without yeah. without doing too much damage. And that's the hope. But it's just a hope at this stage. Certainly what we have got is a higher uh, infectious rate, a higher transmissibility, and, uh, and really the best protection is vaccination, yes, but boosted vaccination. Well, that's enough facts, my friend. We are done with that. Yeah, enough facts. All that science let's, nerd bullshit. Yeah, let's move on. We need let's gossip because it has been a huge goss. week in the movement. Give me some gossip, Charles. So many cracks are forming. Uh-oh. So many cracks. Uh-oh. We had the whole mad screaming lunatic Romeo George just sticking the boot into Craig Indeed. Killing the Aussie Cossack. Only there to take a bit of a handbrake turn and simply go a bit quiet after promising to sink the slipper and expose them all. Yeah, maybe you got one of those phone calls from the you know the terrifying Russian accent on the on the blower <laughs> from military the, intelligence. I have the information that you. I, why am I going Arnold Schwarzenegger? Anyway, fuck it. I'm not going to do a Russian accent. You guys, <laughs> I'll do that. Patrons only. You'll end, up, so, you'll end up just going to Transylvania, and you'll vaunt yes, exactly, suck, my yeah. god. Yes, I, I will sound like a fuck this. So basically. Any A phone call from anyone with an accent that even resembles Eastern Europe is going to scare the shit out of you. But, you know, that's mostly just, you know, residual trauma from Bond films. But the utter fuckheads at Cafe Locked Out are oh, really awful. working to make a name they for themselves. They're just so shit. you got that washed-up actor from Neighbours whose highest career accolade is rooting Fifi Box and the terrifying writer-producer unemployed Michael Gray Griffith. And they just spend most of their week doing these banal live shows pandering to idiots. They did that whole, like, you know, oh, we're going to get a white supremacist on to, like, talk about Nazis in the movement. They got Rushkin on. Uh, like, oh, oh, oh we're owning the libs. Guess what? Your movement's full of Nazis and you're a fucking coward for not calling it out. So in this new low, and I mean, hanging out with Nazis is usually about as low as you get. Now they've moved towards harassing charities. Yes, yes. Good yeah, work. Yeah. Strong strides. Yeah. Just up and up. So they set up shop outside the Salvos in Melbourne, bitching and moaning about not being allowed into op shops. Oh, anti-vaxxers are poor too. I mean, shit, most of them are facing unemployment due to vaccine mandates. So that's kind of fair enough. And not letting them into op shops is, you know, basically a human rights issue. Mm, uh, no, mm, no. Mm. People who work op shops are often volunteers. They Almost are being elderly. Yeah. They are disabled. They are people who are looking to reintegrate with society after jail terms. You know, these are often good people trying to find their legs, trying to get into the community and make a difference, and you want to give them COVID, <laughs> you fucking mutants. Why do you do this? It's like this is a beautiful thing for people to help out at a charity, and they find purpose doing it. No. No, we can't have that. Yeah, but look, no. playgrats can't have it. You know, it's all about them. They want about cheap that. shorts. They need to buy the next high-vis outfit for the next AstroTurf protest. And let's face it, even Kmart prices can be a bit rough when you're on the edge of your last dull check. Yeah, it's a tough world out there, and they're, 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 they're fighting for justice. So they were apparently met by the CEO of the Salvos, the government house, to pander to their bullshit. I don't think they should have been heard at all. This does not deserve a dignified response. It was made clear that people 
people in need of charity would not be discriminated against due to their vaccination status. Of course, anti-vaxxers, who I would say are petty domestic terrorists, and I'm really hoping the federal police are doing something, hello, they established a campaign to swamp the salvo's phone lines with calls complaining about the whole bullshit vax shit. This is destroying access to essential services to people in poverty. People, like, no one's calling the op shop checking if they've got a fucking, you know, like a colander. These people actually need help Mm. and you're destroying their access to it. They also suggest that people seek out crisis accommodation and test the vaccination policy. This is just taking up valuable space for those in actual need and potentially spreading COVID to vulnerable people as they proudly do not test, do not isolate, and simply spend their days being infectious pests with absolutely clearly no moral boundaries. It's actually also forcing people out of crisis accommodation who have done the right thing and be- mm-hmm. and, and got double vaxxed. So it's yeah. you know it's putting pressure on those people to 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 be forced out of crisis accommodation. Just to make it a point, just, just to make a awful. fucking dumb point. Just awful. It's so upsetting. There was an extended issue here where it went to a family violence shelter, which was subject to this anti-vax backlash due to this like anecdotal report on Facebook. Say so that basically she was denied assistance as a result of the vaccination status. The responsible minister responded to this. That's how far up this went, saying it's just untrue. And of course it is. It's just a dramatic lie. Right. But they will throw family violence shelters under the bus just to get some attention. Yeah. This is an absolutely despicable moment for the movement. I thought going after school kids at schools was awful and enough it was. with that human thumb Tom Barnett going and hassling children on the Northern Rivers. No, these guys just are a bottomless pit of sadness. They will always find a way to be just that much worse. Whenever you think they've done the worst thing possible, uh, no, uh, something uh, new comes more. along, the bottom of the barrel just terrible. gets scraped even further. And these are people who went to court to have the right to kill old people. I mean, <laughs> they like, and then they're protesting it. They like, it's just amazing. Yeah. <sighs> The overlap with the far right, the Nazis and the movement just keeps getting deeper and in a very so cynical kind of way, you know, it's sort of quite funny. You know, the weird kid with the incel yeah. energy and the troll face T-shirt that holds the crucifix at rallies, that was a mouthful. A huge well it's done to the Labor Wave initiative on Twitter, Labor Wave Melb, worth watching that account. Yeah, mm. who pointed out that that, uh, that weird kid with the crucifix Actually, a bit yeah. of a Nazi. Massive fucking Nazi. This little creep follows Avi Yemeni around and became the poster child for bravery in the movement when Cafe Lockdown bleated about how he was the face of resilience. I couldn't even find the post. I'd love to quote it because it's so bad. Turns out he's a huge Nazi. At the very least, he's a virulent a anti-Semite. But he's, racist as well. He's a total fucking Nazi though. So you can't expect much from a kid like this. No. He has this creepy, unfuckable aura about him. He wears that troll face t-shirt, mm. which established himself as an edgelord from 4chan, like you couldn't already tell by <laughs> looking at him. And then they've got that crucifix gimmick, and it just worked really well because they lapped it up. Mm. They love this guy. They love characters they can identify with, especially weird, fundy Christian shit. So this fucking kid, who appears to have quite wisely deleted his Twitter account or at least changed the handle, posted a meme with a pair of shoes, the star of David and the shoelaces, the byline, walk a mile in his shoes. And the shoes had the triple parenthesis around it. I mean, come on. So even better, someone who was posting a picture of a Nazi rally, satirically calling it out as a picture of the Melbourne Freedom Rally. This is a joke post. He fucking quote tweets it with the line, I wish. Oh, God. No, I did see no. that. Yeah, it was awful. You little fucking edgelord. That's not funny. That's weird. Mm. And if you had any doubts at all, here is the good one. This is the creme de la racism. Quote, no race mixing, no racial integration, none of it, thanks. Little heart emoji. P.S. I hate, triple parenthesis, them. Ooh. I mean, fuck, man. What? Yeah. And a fantastic moment of making so much content you hang yourself. Not a journalist, Avi Yemeni. Not, Not a, a journalist, Avi. Not a journalist. Posted an image of the new Egg Boy with the line, show me one Nazi with this smiling dipshit in the immediate background. Wow, Avi, you've done it. That wasn't hard. What was the chance of him taking a photo with his smarmy, show me a Nazi, with an actual Nazi, the only other person <laughs> in the picture? It's, it's all over Twitter. Photo bombing in the background, yeah. 
it's very funny. So obviously nobody's distanced themselves from this kid and they're never fucking going to. He's just a part of the crew now. You know, they got Nolch, they got him. They fucking love Nazis and continue to buddy up with them because at the end of the day, they've actually, let's face it, shelved enough paranoid dribble about George Soros. By the way, shelving is sticking it up your ass. And the Rothschilds to be firmly invested in asking the Jewish question on a fairly fucking regular basis. And only a few, a tiny fraction of the movement sees an issue with this. And there's a few. But there's fucking not many. Actual Nazi, head of the National Socialist Network, oh, they're socialist, Tom Sewell was released from prison to much fanfare on Telegram with fairly mainstream movement channels like the Melbourne Freedom Rally, feeling super chuffed that he's been released. One guy, Mikey Real, actually calls it out and reports it to admins and nothing happens. Where are the Nazis, mate? Oh, oh, I can't find them. I'm looking under the couch. I can't find them. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> everywhere and to finish what has become the fairly regular spot the nazi segment to my knowledge at this point nobody except of course brennan mckenna has told andy nolt to piss off that asshole who defaced the Eurydice dixon memorial we know him he's gross yes. he put this amazing question on his telegram of would you rather be a black down south in the 50s or a non-vaxxed in 2021 this is the, like the extent of his intelligence. That's his the, hot The take. extent of his historical knowledge too, yeah. It's yeah. fucking embarrassing. And the answers were, I would never rather be black, cool, than white pride worldwide, Ooh. okay, cool, and then being non-vaxxed is good. Ah, well, there you go. Okay. It's ticking cool. all the boxes yep. there, isn't it? I feel box ticked. So, yeah, so basically Nolte is still a Nazi. He's still live streaming at events and, you know, drawing attention to himself. He's mates with everyone. He's getting photos of them all. And that's what the movement is like. They're so accepting. They're so diverse. They even embrace yeah. Nazis, actual fucking Nazis. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a broad church. Jesus Christ. Bro- too broad. A little too broad. In general protest news, there were more protests this weekend. The whole reclaim the line group were out being annoying, closing down roads, leading to large shopping areas in that time before Christmas where you want to beat the rush but wind up in the beat the rush rush but then also yes. get stopped by yet another protest. Yeah, like when the climate change guys do it, they threaten to kick their heads in but when they do it, they're like, oh, we're, help, we're standing up for our freedoms. Fuck off. So dozens gathered in Melbourne and Sydney over the weekend. Dozens. Dozens, yeah. To be fair, it was a few hundred. Like There really was a few hundred but still, it wasn't many. Turnout is laughably bad because no one cares anymore. The bill's been passed. The point's gone. Watch Tom Tanneke's video. The Reclaim the Line guys are vaguely about teachers, but still, I mean, not really. It's just blah, blah, vaccines. Blah, blah, my friends and family never speak to me anymore. (laughs) Blah, blah, I have nothing else to fucking do. Like Chris Coveries is great. I flicked through one of his lives today, talking to various idiots, making absolutely no sense, just babbling. He does a public service by giving a microphone to those that will just babble complete nonsense to anything that resembles a camera to get some sort of weird attention, cementing the idea this entire movement is built on laughably false information they got from grifters on the internet, and they were too stupid to actually do their own research. Mm -hmm. It is almost sad, but I'm, I'm definitely tipping to funny. Funny sad? Not funny. This is funny at this point. But at a plague rat teacher rally, and let's face it, where are the fucking teachers? They were there at the union protest, not your dead shit reclaim thing. Mark Latham was speaking. Hey, here's a hint. If Mark Latham agrees with you, you're probably wrong. That's just a rule for life in general. You should apply that to your rules. Just if Mark Latham agrees with you, Reflect, reflect, reflect. And in general plague news, the absolute trifecta of COVID super spreader stereotypes have led the charge in a big week for the virus. While case numbers are low and people are wearing masks, keeping distance and generally vaccinated, that sneaky, spicy cough is still finding ways to mingle. It's a social virus. What can I say? So firstly, a booze cruise. This is like a reboot movie with a lower budget because first you have the Riri Princess, which is a bit bigger, yeah, a bit, bit bigger, more dire, larger. a bit sadder. Mm. So many more old people, let's face it. If there were old people on this cruise, I mean, why are they there? But now we have the Boozer Floater. We spent four hours exchanging virulent droplets, possibly quite intimately in a disco setting. And now, okay, people are isolating and it can be assumed that most, if not all, are double jab. But still, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. But also quite funny... Ticking another box is the Bondi backpackers that has been locked down after a case was found. Uh-oh. Where else for Bondi? What else for the backpackers? I mean, come on, stereotype number two. Tick. I mean, good news is 90% of residents are testing negative and it's a bit of a storm in a teacup. Good. Why is it a storm in a teacup? Because they're all probably English. So the final <laughs> stereotype is the one sent to me by a very, very good friend of the podcast, Mark Southcott. Hey, Southport. You're a good lad. Mount Bloody Panorama. Uh, Bathurst. I mean, 
Who would have seen a giant orgy of sweaty bogans would be a fertile place to spread COVID? Well, actually, smash mouth. This is history repeating itself, where the ill-advised Sturgis motorcycle rally, I think it was like somewhere uh, mid-America, they gathered in high density without masks to watch one of the worst bands of all time with about three songs, Smash Mouth, perform defiantly to the freedom-loving crowd. <laughs> that concert actually killed people. <laughs> there is a Smash Mouth death count, and now... Just like the little cousin that we are, we faithfully tried to replay the situation here with our own little rev heads. Oh, bless their benzene poison brains. Stop sucking the exhaust. It's not good for yeah, you. Yeah, and uh, I think even Scotty Morrison and the New South Wales Premier were there, although uh, they, yeah. they were believed to be far enough away from <laughs> where, where the orgy was occurring. <laughs> Did they show their tits? Because the, I think yeah, if they showed their that. tits, they were close enough yeah, to get COVID. But if they never had the chance, we know they were in there. Yes, exact cans. Well, double entendre bun, bun, there, Jacko. Bunny bun, bun, bun and cake cans, really. Most, yes, most yes. Look, and and in lawsuit news, Tasteless job, people. the poor bastards oh. in the Kassam and Henry cases are up for big costs. Yeah, this is a bit sad. Henry's up for 60% and Kassam up for 100%, which is apparently Ooh. proportionate to how stupid the cases were, which is incredibly funny. The judgment is so brutal. The arguments were untenable. Judges don't say that because they don't fuck around. This is seriously embarrassing. The entire thing is a shit show. Crowdfunding came up through all of these judgments Uh-oh. on the costs and, just quietly, Larta got done for costs and was absolutely slammed in the judgment Uh-oh. as well. Just mercilessly eaten alive. So this is just a teaser. The Lawsuits episode is coming. Yes. I keep fucking saying this week after week. I promise. As a law student, the idea of doing legal stuff during holidays makes my fucking skin crawl, but I know this has to be done. You have to do but it. Reading judgments is hard. It's a lot of work. Exposing MB on Twitter has done a lot of it for us. I'm going to be ripping you off real big, but it's coming. With the cost orders all wrapped up and a few really dead shit legal actions coming up soon, which is going to be really funny, like the one on the 17th, which is the misprision of treason with Dan Andrews, which will be hilarious in like some random magistrate's court in Melbourne. I'm going to try and have it done before Christmas if I'm not living here. Oh, we're going to do that. In the meantime, Mm. for better or worse, this little money spinner for Buckley has left two or more people feeling like actually facing bankruptcy. How fucked is that? And we're expecting that to go right up. That number's going to go up. In today's famous last words, we don the black armband and bow our heads in silent reverie. Not for a dead anti-vaxxer, but for a dead anti-vax institution. Reignite Democracy Australia. Bye-bye. So this week, RDA founder Monica Smith was forced to conclude in a video that COVID did exist and is really bad and it killed people, but couldn't bring herself to fess up and say she'd also been wrong about the basic principles to avoid the spread of an infectious disease. Uh, They they involve wearing a mask and social distancing. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, she'd have to answer lots of tricky questions about why she'd extol people to gather unmasked in groups of people up to five per square metre. Bowel conditions. Yeah, it was a tough one. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. <laughs> the RDA looms so large in the Frida movement. Giants. It could have been a contender, Charlie. It could have been. It could have been a contender, Charlie. If not for a couple <laughs> of serious political missteps that saw it not register as a political party, despite taking money from its followers to do just that. Fuck and then that. cravenly hand over its political power to the big money of Uncle Clive Palmer. It couldn't Clive. give a fuck about it. Monica or any of the people Monty had pilled into obedience. Oof. Sad thing is, in the end, RDA has just been out-muscled by the more militant and extreme members of the movement who have told RDA to fuck off and die, and RDA dutifully has now. Oof. It's goodbye to RDA. We hardly knew ye. Most of all, I'll remember the laughter <laughs> and the hair. Great hair, Monica. And there's a big future out there for her as an insta-influencer on the scam for shampoo companies. Have a long look at that, Monica. Get around it. Get around it. Don't knock back. You'll need need gainful employment soon. You fucking will. Vale RDA. Can you play some sombre music, Joel? Yeah, not without breaking copyright. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. That's fair use. That's enough. (laughs) That is enough. Anymore, we'd be in trouble. (laughs) 
We but would. we can't stay sad for long. It's time to laugh again. And laugh we shall, because Pete's had a huge week. It seems as if close friend of the podcast, Craggy Pete, has been listening, and he's trying to get off the crag. You heard it, listeners, Ooh. and you're going to find out how in the week in Pete Evans. It has been a huge Ooh. week for craggy face conspiracy theorist Pete Evans, who was spotted coming out of a Botox clinic <laughs> on the tweed. Ooh, dearie, dearie me. Now, this is very anecdotal. Yeah. We've got this from Facebook. We're going to make a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of disclaimers because, let's face it, we don't want to get sued by Pete. He seems to have deep pockets. He's got a new skate ramp. We'll get to that later. But it looks like the Daily Mail article cut deep yeah. and our malignant narcissist pizza cook has decided to get that fresh face conspiracy theorist look and iron out some of those wrinkles with some casual botulism. <laughs> and look, I have no issue with Botox. No, it's simply injectable. That has been tested billions of times. It has a solid track record it of does. safety. I mean, it sounds a lot like the approved COVID vaccine. Yeah, a bit like there's, that. There's, there's parallels. There's parallels, yeah. right? So, of course, the rules of big pharma skepticism are only stretching as far as his absolutely overwhelming <laughs> sense of vanity and now his face. Yes, big pharma is bad, but being craggy-faced is much, much oh, worse. The worst thing. That's no good. Craggy Pete. That is no, no good. No, no, oh, no. Monica asks, what are you prepared to die for? My wrinkles, my wrinkles. <laughs> so now it must be said that this is hearsay. I'm absolutely saying this could be a complete bullshit. Cool, okay. We have to thank Cam on Twitter, who we're throwing under the bus here to be an accessory to our defamation, at Cam Lives here. Go and follow the account, honestly. Fantastic work. He does very but good think, work. And, of course, serve Ritz on cam first, if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, take your time. So I think we'll all be checking old mate to see how his face lines are going over the next week because apparently he's had a bit of a stabby-stabby. He's been getting a lot of shit for not looking his age recently. And what better way to show the world that your way of eating and living is superior to others than getting cosmetic <laughs> surgery? It's just perfect. I mean, the only thing is I hope the Botox was keto. If they put carbs in there, yeah, his paleo. whole and thing is going to be thrown off. Let's just oh, hope the Botox was, was was actually created by by prehistoric human beings. If only, because they live forever. It wouldn't be the only time Pete has sought out the beautifying effects of a needle. We consulted the Conditional Release Program's registered nurse, Shelley, who is watching right now. With 10 years of experience jabbing faces with needles, she knows a puffed face. And she's saying that he might be new to the Botox, mm -hmm. but he's no stranger to a bit of face Ooh. filler. Bit of spack filler on the on the on the chin on the cheeks. It appears that not only the plot thickens, but so does Pete's face. <laughs> Aww. But between bouts of medical vanity and horrific insecurity, Pete has been putting his vast amounts of money to good use by building a skate ramp on his property. <laughs> now, I know Pete doesn't believe in socialized medicine because that's communism, but I reckon he's about to need his Medicare card. Yep. Keep it in your sock, Pete, because you're about to fuck up. See, Pete's seen better days. Just because you think like a child doesn't mean you're built like one. And you claim to have injured yourself a while ago with your hamstring and then magically got better after taking some bullshit supplement you were setting. I don't know. I just, I jury's out on that one. It's the calves that'll go first. <laughs> it's the calves. When you're getting old, Pete, and craggy Pete, you've got to understand this. It's the calves that'll go first, and, and you'll just never get over them. That's when you My know you're finished. My main concern, I think he's got craggy hips. That's that, what I'm yeah, worried about. could be, but I, I, I still say his craggy calves will be the... <laughs> will be, will, will be the end of it. To be honest, he does like eating calves. I think he's a big fan of veal, so maybe he could double yeah, purpose it. Paleo veal. So look, skateboard injuries are heinous, Pete, and you need your hands working. Don't break your fall with those money makers, Pete. <laughs> we need you posting toxic fear porn on your telegram and rolling up those grass-fed salmon meatballs for the family. <laughs> and you can't do that one-handed, mate. So no. remember, break any falls with your face <laughs> because that's about to become hard as a rock, mate. No problem. It could bounce. In the meantime. It could bounce. That's the plan. That is the plan. Bouncy Botox face Pete. <laughs> so in the meantime, half-pipe Pete's about to crack sick and find his new passion as a mid-rate oh skateboarder. It'll give him and Dave O'Neags a new reason to take photos of each other. And maybe, just maybe, it will distract you from poisoning the minds of your idiot followers with hard right-wing, often racist, always inflammatory, and mostly made completely of bullshit that is genuinely making the world a sadder, angrier, and more miserable place. Actually, Pete, on second thought, always put your hands out when you're falling. Break the fall with your wrists. You, you need, no, we need the break. You need 
to break so we can have Look, one. it's completely instinctive. You know, when you when you go down, you put those hands up. And it's just as simple as that. So we could say, I look, fully please, endorse your moves. Just, just ignore that, you know, and just go straight on the face. But Dive. he's just going to find that sort of basic human instinct kicks in and the hands will go down. Yeah. Tell you what, don't break your moneymaker. Oh, actually, no, please do. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page recently. You can find it fairly easily. You just search for Conditional Release Program. What else has named us? We're unique. Yeah. It's great. Promoting a podcast is easier than done. Please share the episode. If we get more hearts and minds, we can, like, I don't know, sell to the Osterio Network or some shit. Yep. It would be great. But in lieu of that, just share our shit. We really appreciate it. Yeah, the Patreon is up and running, and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Uh, for as little as five subs a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. Uh, and I'm going to do a, a William Turrell update this week as well. Uh, and uh, if you give us enough money... Just like Shelley, you can watch us record the damn show. G'day, Shelley. That's right. She's, she's watching, she's listening. And we promise that if we great. reach a thousand patrons, we will finally release the full list of child enthusiasts Bill Heffernan was banging on about in Parliament. We've got it here and we will release oh, it, but we need a thousand patrons. The list thousand is real patrons, people, easy. And we have it. I've got it here right, right now. And you can't see it until you all start signing up. So join up. It's redacted. At patreon.com slash the conditional release program to find out who did what, when, and where. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to quietly stab Santa at the supermarket. There's simply not enough COVID to kill Christmas in Australia, and the war on the festive season starts now. Time to fix this problem of Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. See, ya. See you next time. Cheers, guys.